Hello everybody, welcome back to this podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about general news and Yemen. Currently, Yemen is rated as the worst humanitarian crisis in the world. Now, the Yemen crisis, we've covered this before, we've talked about this before. It's been a big part of my life recently and many other people's lives because we've gotten so into it and it's been a part of what we like to advocate for. And when you see a country like the United States begin to take away their their sales from Saudi Arabia and not sell Saudi Arabia arms, Saudi Arabia is the country selling, or sorry, bombing and killing innocent Yemenese people, just for clarification. When you see the U.S. stop selling weapons like that to Saudi Arabia, it can be very disturbing that the Canadian government is not following suit. Right now, the Canadian government sells lots of LAVs, light armored vehicles, to Saudi Arabia so that they can use them in their war in Yemen. Now, when we think of the Middle East, that's generally one of the most conflicted zones in the world. Many countries there are, actually, if not many, all of them have been or are still in a conflict today. In certain areas, I'd say in northern northern um sorry in some places like northern the northern middle east there are countries that aren't doing bad anymore and are actually on the uprise now that i'm not saying uprise as in good they're definitely still very 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 much in conflict but right now as we know saudi arabia is fighting in yemen against the houthi rebels And we also know that this war has resulted in approximately 300,000 civilian deaths. That number is an outstanding number. That is a a massive number. and And that blood is on the hands of President Obama, President Trump, Prime Minister Harper, Prime Minister Trudeau many other nation national leaders from like places like the UK, Germany, Canada, the US, many of those countries, these Western countries, are the culprits for this for this violence. And we know that because of this violence, many, many innocent civilians have died. And of course, this is very, very sad to see because the Yemen war, I, in my personal opinion, it could have been avoided. The, all this violence could have been avoided. In about 2019-2020, the Canadian government stopped sales to Saudi Arabia, froze them for arms, but then restarted. They stopped that freeze, and now that that was in 2010, 20, sorry, I'm not sure what month or the date, But I know that they restarted them in 2020. So to this day, we are selling weapons to Saudi Arabia. And it's actually quite funny because the United States, in a matter of days, from the Trump administration to the Biden administration, went from being one of the least progressive countries on the topic of Yemen to the most progressive country out of all the countries that are supplying major arms to Saudi Arabia.
So now we're, we've fallen behind in that aspect of things. And Saudi Arabia and their dealings in the Middle East have always been very controversial because A, in their, in their own country, they have so much fascism. They don't have any, their citizens don't have any rights, especially women and minorities don't have any rights really, and you can get executed, tortured, put in jail for speaking out against that, like Jamal Khashoggi. So, and that, oh, right, yesterday was, um, National, or sorry, Worldwide Press Day, and that was, that was really cool. Press Day is about, um, freedom of press and how many reporters and journalists are in prison, tortured, and killed for speaking out against corruption and that kind of stuff. Anyway, that's what we were talking about. But as well, Saudi Arabia has dealings internationally, especially in the Middle East, where they commit heinous war crimes that just are horrible and nobody does anything about them. But then when Western countries ask for justice, Saudi Arabia goes and they give these little symbolic, symbolic, um, wins to the Western countries. I was listening to a podcast recently and they talked about how um, the this feminist this feminist in Saudi Arabia who got arrested and sentenced to five years in prison was reduced to like pretty much two months. And that was because of US pressure. And that's amazing. That's good. But the thing is, is that this game has been played many times and many times and countries like Iran and Saudi Arabia have given these small wins to Western countries so that people forget about what they're doing outside. And the numbers really show that, that like them releasing one person from prison, which is great, doesn't equate to the 300,000 more lives that were killed in Yemen. So these small wins that we're being given, that we're celebrating, they're really to just shut us up. And I think that's something that can't be, we can't continue that trend. It's, it's a horrible trend and we have to stop, we have to stop following it. If we keep doing that, if we keep going down this road of saying Saudi Arabia needs to do better, they do better on this tight, this issue that is still a big deal but they do better for like a week the media spreads it all over everybody over here in canada and in europe and everywhere around the world says oh yes they they did better but they didn't actually and how I, I, I was really thinking about this and what i thought is that like what we need to do is personally i'm not going to believe that these countries that are war-torn are better and there isn't corruption until I hear it from the people themselves. I will not listen to the Saudi government saying that they fixed it. Because the Saudi government has proven time and time again that they are hypocrites, liars, corrupt, evil people. They don't care about the Saudi people. They care about making sure that they can shut people up when they speak out against the corruption. So, yeah, I just don't think that it's fair 
for us to sit here and say like, oh, Saudi Arabia's change. They're doing. They're being. Pro they're progressing. They're doing good. And then when if you actually go there, you can see they're not doing good. They're still executing people for speaking out. They're still doing all this horrible stuff to their citizens, and nobody gives a sh. Oh, I probably actually shouldn't say that. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. I've never, I've never thought about the fact that I probably am not allowed to swear on this. Anyway. So yeah, it's it's a bit scary that we have this this media and that looks says 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 all this stuff about how oh this change we're progressing we're progressing when that's not actually happening we're not seeing that progression in real time in Saudi Arabia we're seeing instances of progression that are timed with how we react they are reactionary they aren't they aren't done before people get mad they're done after they aren't done to help people they're done as a reaction to that anger and that reaction doesn't last long enough so let's circle back to the uh canada's support of this and because many of you might know i'm canadian about 42 percent of the listeners on this podcast are canadian but what happened is the United States, they froze, they froze these um, sales. And I'm really hopeful, actually, because I don't, I don't think that they're going to reverse this right away. I think that because they did it so quick in the first seven days, they didn't really have to think about it. They knew before that they were going to take human lives and morals over the money that comes with these arms sales because there's a lot of money in arms sales billions and billions and billions of dollars and arms companies that are profiteering off of this death are a really good like not good in morals but they're good at lobbying and that's for years down decades they lobbied governments they've offered them money so that they can continue to sell and profiteer off of this death and at some point, I think that the money needs to be pushed to the side in human lives. I think all the time, human lives should take, should be more important than the money. The billions of dollars shouldn't matter at this point. The human lives are more important in my mind. And I think in a lot of people's minds, that is how it should be. So I really just want to shame the Trudeau government because they have consistently said, we support human rights. We support human rights. We're here to support the human rights. We care about the LGBTQ community and women's rights. And that's great. That's great. But they're not showing that same humanity to other countries. See, the Trudeau government always preaches that they care about human rights and that human rights are this priority. But when we see them go and sell arms to Saudi Arabia so that they can bomb Yemen, we don't see that same action. And honestly, there's no action to stop the human rights abuses in Saudi Arabia and Yemen. One of the one thing that I think they did right is that they took they took in 
an activist who was going to have to go back to Saudi Arabia and most likely face Saudi Arabia torture. So that was good. But it was symbolic. And I think there's a big difference between the symbolism and the action, because the action and the consistency is more necessary than these singular symbols that come up every year, maybe, or every few months. I think that these like symbols, these activists being released, which is great, but it's symbolic. It needs to be consistent. We need to keep pressure on Saudi Arabia to do better. So what I think, because it's been the same trend in Canada for a while now, the Canadian government hasn't done anything about this. So I think with all these people saying that Canada needs to stop this, I think what is necessary would be a petition at this point. We can't just sit back and like say, hey, do this. We can't protest anymore because they're not listening. And I think that the Canadian government has made that quite obvious that they're not listening. So I am currently working on starting a petition with my group and with the um, MP from where I live to hopefully pressure the government more. And I know that, once again, petitions are also, in Canada for the House of Commons, very symbolic too. But there isn't a lot we can do at this point right now. All we can do is pressure the Canadian government and other governments around the world, and we have to hope that the number of votes that they will lose if they don't becomes more important than the, the number, the dollar signs that they will make. Now, it's hard because... When we talk about Yemen, Yemen doesn't get a lot of attention in the mainstream media, at least not as much as it should. A while back, back in, oh, that would have been June 2020, I think, it got a big boost, especially in Canada, on Instagram. And then that boost kind of fell. It's like all activist things on Instagram. It rises and falls. But I think unless we actually stay consistent and try to make sure the Canadian government knows that we're not forgetting about this, this isn't just a trend, that it will, that they need to do something about it. I also believe that because the people that are talking about this a lot, we are young people, we are old people, we, there are so many different people from different societal groups that care about this, that eventually will form I hope, I really hope, a massive voting block that the Trudeau government and other parties around Canada and around the world will begin to respect and take a view of. That might not be generalized as a Yemen, a group of people that care about Yemen specifically, but it might be a group of people that care about humanitarian issues, human rights globally, and we're going to voice those at the voting box. So yeah, that was just my my little take on the Yemen crisis right now. I really felt like I had to talk about that because I've been seeing a lot more of it recently in like the news and talked about. And I really think that that is an issue that deserves our attention now. So let's move on to a little bit of news before I before this episode ends.
Because we are just talking about Yemen, this is very fitting. U.S. Senators have pressed Biden, the Biden administration to create a new Yemen donor conference. And so that's another side of Yemen, is that Yemen currently suffers one of the worst humanitarian crises in, in the decade, and that is a result of all the bombing and all that kind of stuff that Canada has supported. And I think that the Biden administration should pressure Canada and other countries to support Yemen. I remember a while back, our organization, we emailed um, the MP from one of our one of our districts about the Saudi Saudis um, aiding and abetting in this kind of thing. And I can't seem to find that email. But it was an email about how he believed that Saudi Arabia working in working with the Canadians and the Canadians selling arms to them was wrong and how he's pushing against that. But it was also it also had information about how Canada has donated money to the to um sorry to the Yemen cause. And pretty much what I gathered from that is that, yes, Canada supports Yemen with a humanitarian stance very well, but they also are the reason that they need to give that humanitarian aid. So it's kind of a double-sided coin. It's, a, it's the t different sides of the same coin, really. And I think that we shouldn't praise them for providing humanitarian aid for a humanitarian crisis that they are causing themselves. Our last episode that we did was about Afghanistan. So here's some Afghanistan news. The Taliban launched major Afghan offensive after the deadline for the U.S. pullout. So the Afghans are launching a massive offensive in response to the United States pullout of the war. Now, this should be a massive red flag for the Americans that they shouldn't be leaving right now. And I really, I hope that they don't. It's dangerous. It's way too soon. Afghanistan isn't ready to be left on their own. And I think this is proof. The Taliban are launching offensives because they know that the Americans are leaving. They're getting ready to take back the country like they have shown they have done so many times. In other news, as we know, India is suffering one of the greatest oxygen shortages and COVID outbreaks that they've seen through the entire pandemic. This has been shared a lot online. I think it's one of the most shared issues at this moment. Also, deforestation in Brazil is out of control, and President Bolsonaro wants billions to stop it. Hopefully, countries can rally together to stop this deforestation of the beautiful Amazon rainforest. Reports are coming out about in the Indian government silencing its critics. This is not this is not insanely. This isn't surprising. Many governments in the region have done, used tactics to silence their critics. 
the U.S. government and other governments are sending aid to Central America, but reports say that this won't stop migrants from coming to the U.S. It is. It, it will be interesting to see whether the Biden can hold up his support for immigrants to the United States, whereas President Trump opposed it heartily. He was a hardliner against immigration and believed that Americans come first, whereas Biden is more open to immigration and less hard on illegal immigrants. We will see if he can hold this position while more and more people come to the United States. In other news, we just talked about Saudi Arabia. The U.S. may still be helping Saudi Arabia in the Yemen war after all. This might not be with arms, but it is believed that the U.S. is still helping Saudi Arabia. This would definitely put a damper on the U.S. The U.S.'s look after pushing back against Saudi Arabia. We have to see how this will play out in global politics. In an amazing feat, Biden is pushing back against China. This is amazing. This is really good because Trump was accusing him of being controlled by the Chinese. Thank you for listening to this episode of The World As We Know It. We hope you have a good day. Come back for the next episode. Stay tuned.